passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to the State of Recruiting, a weekly podcast featuring the insights of Longhorn recruiting analyst Mike Roach and hosted by Bobby Burton. Roach offers unparalleled insight into recruiting on the 40 acres. Each week, he crisscrosses the state watching and talking to blue chip recruits. And I'm Bobby Burton, a 1992 Texas grad and one of the recruiting industry's founding fathers. I played a formative role in the creation of both 24-7 Sports and Rivals.com. The State of Recruiting is taped each and every Wednesday during football and recruiting season. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hook them. Welcome in today, Mike. How you doing? I'm good, Bobby. It's good to have you back on the other end. Hey, yeah, good to be good to be back. Let me ask you the. Let's just get to the nuts and bolts of it. How hard is it for the Longhorns to recruit when the team is playing like they are today? Well, it, it certainly doesn't make it any easier. You know, I think that um, I, I think for the most part, this class is pretty stable. It, it's had a couple of decommitments, but the, you know, those decommitments came from guys who. I probably had pegged as, as potential decommitments from the moment they, they committed. So uh, those weren't exactly surprises. Uh, but I think the rest of the class is, is pretty solid for the most part. But there are some still some guys to watch. You know, I mean, really, and you know this, Bobby, when when a team runs into trouble like this, the, the guys who are uh, probably the, the biggest flight risks, as I call them, are the out-of-state guys, the guys who aren't just right down the street and, and constantly in the mix. And so... Um, you know, that would include uh, Van Fillinger and, and Ethan Pouncey and Bijan Robinson. And um, checking around, I didn't find much on on, on Robinson and uh, Pouncey, but it sounds like Van Fillinger is going to take some visits. And um, it sounds like Utah, his in-state school, is, is really pushing hard there. So, you know, Texas is, is suddenly in a position to where they had this really nice class lined up, but now they're going to have to fight to defend that class from, from everybody around them. One of the kids uh, you went and saw this week uh, and you reported and said that he's firm to Texas is Xavier Nolford, the the DB out of Shadow Creek. Is that still the case? I mean, can you give us a little bit more feedback on that? Yeah, so Xavier um, is hurt. He's not going to play this season. He's had a knee injury early in the year and kind of kept telling me, um, hey, yeah, I'll be back in a few weeks. And then I think it's turned into a thing where the, he doesn't want to push it. And um, he's just decided he's going to sit out for the year and then and get ready for college as he's an early enrollee. Um, I, I had a lot opportunity to talk to him after their game for a while last week, um, just about his thoughts on the team and and everything. And, you know, I mean, his, I think a lot of kids, especially in secondary commits can see that they're dealing with a lot of injuries back there and a lot of youth and a lot of inexperience. But 
um, you know, he said that that you know it's not it's not enough to make him want to look elsewhere. That um, you know he's he's wanted to go to Texas his whole life, and so um, he's uh, not even answering calls from anybody at this moment in time. And so um, you know he was a guy that I think a lot of people were worried about because he is close with uh, with. Joshua Eaton, the the Aldi MacArthur cornerback who com- decommitted last week, um, you know, but Xavier's always been the kind of kid that's done his own thing, and I think that um, that's going to continue. And you know, he said that he has no plans to look around whatsoever. Yeah, it's interesting. How severe is the knee injury? Did, did you get any more um, intel on that? Yeah, it's not. He had a, a small procedure early in the year to clean it up. Um, there was nothing torn, nothing damaged, um, but he had a small, like, just a little scope area in there. And so he's um, he's just been basically rehabbing it and didn't want to, you know, there was, uh, his doctor said he could probably start pushing back right now if he wanted to and, and race and, and get back maybe for the playoffs and make another state title run at Shadow Creek, but you know, he thinks that uh, his team's got it without him, and, and really he wants to be uh, 100% and take his time and be healthy when he enrolls at Texas in January. So he's coming in early, you said, right? Correct. Uh, anybody else of note coming in early? Uh, Hudson Card will be in early that I know of. Um, Jake Majors and Logan Parr will also be in early. Um, and I, I, we're still working on, on official confirmations, but those are the guys right now that I know for sure will, will be early enrollees. Gotcha. Um, you mentioned guys looking around, and you mentioned the out-of-state guys, and Fillinger obviously is a, is a big name because uh, that would be – if they lost him, that would be two defensive linemen that the, the Horns have lost uh, along with Princey Umamelin from uh, – or Umamelin from Mainer. Uh Outside of Alfred Collins, is Texas looking at anybody else along the defensive front now? I haven't seen any new names pop up yet, but, I mean, that can always change. I think, uh, you know, this being the bye week, coaches will be out on the road. They'll be going to see some guys, so you'll see some offers go out. Um, You know, with Texas, I think that – um, obviously, you know, losing Princely McMillan hurts a little bit. I don't think they can lose Van Fillinger. I really like that kid's uh, potential. Um, I, I like them creating and keeping some sort of uh, pipeline headed out west and some, some experience out there. But um, I, I haven't seen them addressing any other needs or, or looking at any other guys. You know, well, what about – not necessarily on the defensive line, but they just offered the – guy out of uh that's committed to baylor tay williams out of uh the houston area so is he more of a linebacker slash running back what's his yeah so he's listed as a running back um i think texas probably likes him as a linebacker or maybe even like a joker like a that hybrid safety position um he is about 6'1 203 right now but is verified at a 4'4 uh on the laser has some really freaky testing numbers and um, is a guy that I know some people in Houston are, are really high on as a sleeper potential guy in this class. Um, and so, I mean, yeah, he would fit as, as maybe one of their linebacker takes. But, you know, they've been trying to look for extra guys at linebacker here late in the year, you know, with him, with IMG's uh, Jaquandis Burns. So there, there's a lot of guys I think they've been looking at at linebacker. Gotcha. Anybody uh, – I sent you a text earlier in the week about Jaquindon Jackson. Uh, you felt you still feel like he's solid to the horns as well. Yeah, I went and uh, did my diligence there, um, as, as I always do when you alert me to something, and um, didn't really find much of anything. You know, I, I 
talked to some people at Duncanville, talked to some people at Texas, haven't heard anything or, or any areas of concern um, for Texas in that recruitment. You know, I, I, it, it, what's important there is I don't know what, what the other option would be for Jaquindon as far as like he had basically cut off communication with any schools within three or four months of his commitment and was really only talking to Texas. Now that said, I mean, if he went on the market tomorrow, I think the line would form to the left for him and, and, it would be pretty long, but, um, you know, I think right now I, I don't see anything happening there. Gotcha. And what kind of season is he having this year, Mike? Um, he's had a really, uh, a really strong season. Duckettville is, is holding on to their number one in-state ranking and top five national ranking. And, um, you know, he doesn't have, uh, maybe, I don't think they have the defense they did, uh, they did last year, but I think Jaquindon's working on being more of a passer this year. Um, it's really something he's mentioned in interviews and all sorts of things that he wanted to, uh, you know, prove that he can throw the ball as people say that he's just a runner, just an athlete. So, um, he's having a strong year. I mean, Duncanville looks like they're, they're going to be really tough, a tough out again. And so I'm really interested to see him in the playoffs. Is Savion Burke? the lineman there at Dunkelville, is he still playing primarily defensive line this year? Yeah, it, it sounds like he is. Now, I haven't seen Duncanville since early in the season, probably third or fourth week of the season, um, and I'll I'll get a, a face full of them in the playoffs here in Dallas. Um, I'll probably see them two or three times um, if they make it to state, you know. So i um, interested to see what, what's going on there, if he's still there. But, yeah, th- that sounded like the plan all year from talking to the Duncanville coaches in the spring was that they liked their offensive line depth, so they were going to try out Savion on the defensive line to give that some boost. Gotcha. Um, update on Hudson Card's injury. Um, I know that – he was out for the year. Then he got a second opinion. Uh, the quarterback uh, out of Austin that's committed to Texas that you said is a midtermer. What is his situation from an injury perspective as of right now, to your knowledge? Last I heard from talking to uh, to, to Hudson's mom, um, it was a case of he had gotten the second and third opinion, and so he was going to uh, – to try to, to rehab the injury. It was just a toe, like an injury on his toe. Um, and he was going to try to rehab all of that and then uh, get back for uh, the playoffs. So, um, like Travis has a, a very capable backup quarterback in Nate Yarnell, who is a, a junior um, with a lot of talent and even a few Power 5 offers. I don't think that, you know, obviously they'd love to have Hudson Card back, but they felt good about what they had coming in behind him. Um but he's going to try to get back to the playoffs. As far as I know, he's still on track for that. So uh, we'll see. I think his original prognosis was about three or four weeks, and that was about two weeks ago. So I think we're about half, halfway through it right now. Gotcha. Anything new uh, or change, really? I, I saw that you switched your crystal ball on Kelvante Dixon to Texas. Uh, he, of course, is uh, out of Carthage and, and Keontae Ingram's brother. Anything new in that regard? Uh, nothing new there. You know, I, I still believe he will probably end up at Texas. I think that as bad as Texas is right now on the field, I mean, how does it get much worse than, than what Arkansas is putting out there? Um, I mean, I know it was Alabama they, they went up against, but but do you, a backup quarterback at Alabama, no two. Uh, I get it. They're still way more talented than Arkansas, but that was a – a pretty lifeless performance from from the Razorbacks, and I just I worry about 
if I'm a, if I'm a recruit there, I'm worrying about if that coaching staff's even going to be around at the end of the year. So um, I, I think eventually he flips to Texas. Um, there's just a lot of smoke uh, surrounding the Longhorns there. So I, I flip my crystal ball, but really his timing is, is going to be pretty unpredictable and, and could happen at any time. I want to add a little something, a little context to, to his situation too. Um, in the post game, Texas locker room after TCU, uh, several players spoke up uh, about needing to come together. And one of those players, one of the three or four players I was told that really had a somewhat impassioned speech was Keontae Ingram. So uh, I, him being the Kelvante's brother, I just, I think it, it, and I don't know that it cements anything but I think that what we all thought was happening is, is likely going to happen. It, 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 any idea that Keontae Ingram wasn't fully bought in to Texas or, or trying to, to be a team leader, I think, is out the door. Because I, I think that uh, based on what I'm told, um, he was one of the guys that uh, was most vociferous in the postgame locker room in a positive uh, team bonding type of way. So uh, that, that, I think, certainly bodes well for uh, uh, for Calvante, uh, anything new on Alfred Collins at this point? The defensive lineman out of Bastrop that uh, is so good. No, nothing new. I mean, he. Um, I, I kind of was joking with him the other day because he wanted to rush all of his official visits, and now he's just like, yeah, I don't know when I'm going to make a decision. Um, and and you know, his plan was he wanted to get all of his official visits out of the way and get a decision done as quickly as possible. Um, so I was making fun of him. In a, in a conversation I had with him the other day that he had rushed everything and now he has no clue. Um, but it sounds like he's, uh, everything's still uh, on a on pretty good track for Texas. I mean, obviously, um, you know, some of the play is, is not great on the field, as we've talked about. And I guess that could factor in a little bit. But for Alfred, I don't see it. I think that Alfred's, um, I think that Alfred's been sold on Texas for a bit, um, regardless. And I think that, um, if you want to talk about, uh, I, I know the hot topic of conversation right now is Todd Orlando's three man front and how you can't recruit to it. I think Alfred Collins is one of the, the guys that he's a perfect fit for that three man front because of his size. I don't think he really fits in a traditional four man front. And I think that really his best usage will be there in that defense. So, um, I would still expect, uh, Alfred Collins to be a part of this class when it's all said and done. Um, I don't know. And, and he doesn't really know when he's going to make his announcement. Um, it, it could be, you know, during the season, or I could see him stretching it out and doing it at the uh, All American. Is, is he? Pl- I was going to ask you that. Is he playing at, at one of the All American games? He's playing in the Army game, or what used to be the Army game? So I, I, I'm 99% sure he is, um, and I say 99% because Alfred's kind of a weird guy like that. Um, as you know, Bobby, uh, with 24/7 and our affiliation with the All American Bowl, we get the honor of of reaching out and doing some of the invites for this. So I was actually asked to to invite Alfred and um, you know, he seemed very positive about it. Every time I've talked to him, he seemed kind of excited about it, but he's never said to me, yes, I'm playing in it. Um, But I, you know, I think that I'm pretty sure he is. He just hasn't announced anything publicly. Um, So I would expect him to be in San Antonio. Gotcha. And uh, that is typically the first week of January, that game. 
Yeah, it'll be um, actually both those games are going to run almost concurrently this year because um, I was looking at the schedule for for maybe which one would be a better better coverage event for me, and I think both of them are going to run concurrently. So um, I think that you'll see the All American Bowl probably start the week of the 29th and be played on the. Gotcha. Floor. I, just an interesting tidbit there. Not every kid that gets invited to those games actually wants to play them. I. I'll give you an example that, that not many people are aware of because he wasn't really on Texas's radar as a recruit, but Parker Braun was invited to the Under Armour game and just said no. <laughs> so not, oh, not yeah. everybody that, that gets invited to these games goes. Some of them want to enroll early. It's uh, over the Christmas holidays. Of course, it's a, a, ter- a tremendous honor to be selected. And, and I think almost – Every single kid feels like it's an honor to be selected. Not every single kid wants to, to play in the game for uh, various reasons. Uh, Jake Smith last year didn't play, I think, because he, he had a nagging injury um, as well. So it's, it's, uh, it's not common that they don't play, but it's not abnormal either. Yeah, Bobby, I thought that 24-7 might take away my inviting uh, privileges because, like, the first three kids they asked me to invite, two of them picked Under Armour, and then one just said no thanks. So, yeah, it was uh, – I was like, I thought this would be like fishing with dynamite. Everybody would just be in, but it, it's not. It's, uh, you know, kids are different, and they see things different ways. Well, when you're fishing in dynamite in a in a pond is different than fishing in a dynamite with a, in, in the – pacific you know so so exactly. i think you gotta take it take it with what it is um mike uh anything else going on in recruiting that you that you want to bring up right now you know i think that it's pretty slow and i think that's a condition of texas has kind of had to retreat within themselves and, and back into the fort and figure out what's going to happen to fix this football season and um i'll be interested to see what comes out of this week with the coaches uh, going on the road um, you know, I've I've not got a full list of where guys are going, but I think Craig Niver will be in um, will be in Houston. I think Tim Beck may be at at either Duncanville or uh, at Katie Tompkins to either see Jaquin and Jackson or Jalen Milrow. Uh, take your pick. I think that uh, Jason Washington will be uh, doing a bit in Dallas and East Texas. I'm still waiting to hear uh, some more on where guys are going to be, but I think. You know, we may see a couple things come out of this, but really, I, I, I think this team is is trying to figure out how to right the ship, and I think that there's maybe some concern on the staff about doing what they can to save their jobs right now, rather than worry about uh, recruiting. So I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure recruiting's on the front burner right now. So um, we'll see where things are coming out of this week. I expect probably one or two offers to go out uh for guys they see but um nothing nothing real big happening right now well i mean that's that's nice you tell us where the texas coaches are going to be but what about where mike roach is going to be i will be um so last week i I did a little trip to houston on a thursday i saw uh, shadow creek in richmond foster we we talked earlier about uh, speaking with xavian alford so i didn't get to see him play um but did get to see richmond foster's 2021 offensive tackle reuben fathery play um, I just, how, bi- how big is he, by the way? You said he was huge. He's massive. He's 6'8", uh, 290. Um, the problem with him is he needs to add some weight to his lower body, but he's already 290. Um, so he, he's a little light in the britches, as they say. Um, 
really a, a good athletic kid and, and one of my favorite kids to deal with a great family his father's the basketball coach at richmond foster and and reuben's an accomplished basketball player so he's got those great feet and everything hey, i was like gonna that. say how does he move laterally yeah he's got he can move and i think that that basketball background really helps him the problem is, and I think I blame probably like Tristan Nicholson for this, is I just have a natural bias against tackles who are over 6'6 or so. Um, I used to be really fascinated with guys who were really, really tall and played tackle. And then I've just learned that it's really easy to get underneath them. Um, and I think that's what I saw a little bit with Ruben. There were guys just basically going underneath him because he couldn't bend fast enough to get down and on top of him. Um, I still think he is a really quality guy, but... Uh, I, I worry a little bit about his physicality for his size. I'd like to see him play with a little more physicality. And um, uh, But obviously, you know, one of the higher-rated prospects in the country, uh, one of the more highly recruited guys in the state of Texas, and um, some impressive length and athleticism. So it's easy to see why so many schools are after him. Um, I just want to see him develop a little more physically and, and develop a more physical game. Um, I, Mike, I would I would challenge you. Um, this is just me and my experience doing this over time. Um, not to develop biases against height, weight, size at, at nearly any position. Ultimately, it, it comes down to that individual player. So I would challenge that bias. Not necessarily, I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong or right about Ruben, um, but I would, I would challenge. I mean, Darren Sproles was too short. Um, you know, such and such was too tall. I mean, all of these things are, 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 they lead to that, that bias. And I admit to having them myself at time or having it myself at time. Uh, but one of the best offense tackles of all times, a guy named Jonathan Ogden, that was six, eight. So yeah, absolutely. There, there, I would, I would just challenge that. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying that you're right or wrong again. I just want you to, to realize don't lean too much on uh, that that uh, that bias, if at all you can. I mean, sometimes it's hard. But Yeah, I try not I to. I just think it always ends up in my head when I see – and I think it's like more of a, I see something on the field and then I go back to that bias that, that kind of confirms is more of confirmation bias, I guess. Um, but, I yeah, I think that for me what I've found is um, – and I try to evaluate each kid on a blank slate and on their own. But for me, what I found typically with offensive tackles is I kind of like them in the six, five to six, six range and any taller, I think they have a lot of problems bending and, and things like that. So, um, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I, I definitely will try to, uh, to eliminate those as, as much as possible. And then you went um, and saw, you went and saw the Brockemeyers, I understand. Yeah, on Friday night, a very cold Friday night in Dallas, um, saw James Brockermeyer because Tommy's out. Was able to speak with Tommy a little bit, um, who's in good spirits and and is recovering and in rehab for his shoulder injury. Um, you know, he was a little upset because he said rehab's been taking a little longer. And I told him, man, you got nothing but time. You know, you got a whole another year in off season. You know, just take your time, make sure it's healthy. But uh, James Brockermeyer was I, – I really love James Brockermeyer. I mean, I have really since the first time I saw him. He's always been mentioned as a throw-in guy to get Tommy Brockermeyer. Uh, but to me, the, the 2021 center, I think pure – I think, A, that pure centers are very, very hard to find. And I think that, that James is that. And he never gets beat. 
I never see him get beat on anything. His technique is so good. Uh, the motor he plays with is so good. I, I he's the only thing wrong with him that people don't like is that he's about six two two fifty five right now, and I just don't worry about that. I think that by the time he's a senior, he's going to be around two seventy, and then you can put the extra weight on him when he gets to college. But he is so good fundamentally, technically. Um, Everything about his game, I loved to death, and and he was that again on on Friday night. Just didn't get beat at all against Argyle Liberty Christian. Where are you going this week, or this weekend? Uh, the, this week, uh, so Thursday night, uh, a Halloween night. I will be out in Denton to see Denton Ryan um, and Texas to twenty twenty one commits Billy Bowman and Jatavian Sanders uh, taking on Grapevine, and then Friday, uh, Bobby, I'll be flying out of town. My last out of state trip of the season, I'll be going to Phoenix. Um, to get a look at five-star cornerback Keely Ringo at Saguaro um, and just kind of see where things stand uh, between him and Texas. And while I'm there, I'm going to try to poke around with some Arizona sources and see what I can find out about where things stand uh, right now with Bijan and uh, just see what I can gather out gotcha. there. Um, Mike, uh, the state of re- – I, I want to do this promo because we don't just have the state of recruiting podcast, and a lot of people know this. We also have the Blitz uh, that uh, features Jeff Howe. And then uh, Chip Brown and, and Taylor uh, have put together something called the Flagship uh, Podcast that's also uh, uh, now available on a weekly basis. I, I'd uh, suggest to any Texas fan out there to, to give those two a listen because I think they, they're both different but uh, bring a little uh, uh, more color to uh, uh, Texas fans that uh, are looking for the behind-the-scenes behind info on the program. But anyways, Mike's... Uh, podcast here is called the state of recruiting it's taped each and every wednesday during football and recruiting season subscribe on apple spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts mike uh, is there anything else you want to add today before we we get going here no i don't think so i think obviously the best thing for texas is to write their ship on the field and recruiting will will fix itself um, you know, I think that obviously this last month has not been great for the trajectory of the program or for what Tom Herman um, probably envisioned out of this team. But, you know, if they could turn things around and win out, they probably need a little assistance if they do that, but could find themselves back in the Big 12 championship game. Um, and then, you know, after that, you're, you're back on the right track and, and back on, you know, where you thought you were going. So I think this can be overcome, but they need to do something very quickly to overcome I do it. have one last question for you. Where are the Longhorns at? You told me at one point they were looking at one more receiver at least. Where are they at on the receiver mm-hmm. situation right now? I think at, right now they'd probably take two. Oh, okay. um, I think that they would take – I think that they still love – and it's going to depend on who's available. I don't think they're going to take two regardless. But I think they love Loic Fungi, the receiver out of Midland Lee, as a Z guy. Um, I think they would absolutely take him. And, of course, they're still looking for an H, whether that be uh, uh, Kelvante Dixon or maybe they offer Dejon Harrison from, from Hutto. Um, I think – I think uh, <coughs> excuse me. I think at the most they would, they would probably take two um, easy, depending on the guys they can All right. Get. Well, Mike, I appreciate your time today, bud. And uh, good luck this weekend traveling, and uh, we'll see you again next week, okay? All right. We appreciate it, Bobby. All right. Take care now. That's uh, the State of Recruiting podcast. It's a weekly podcast featuring the insights of Longhorn recruiting analyst Mike Roach and hosted by me, Bobby Burton. 
Uh, the State of Recruiting is taped each and every Wednesday during football and recruiting season. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to ho- podcasts. Hook them. Explore the weaponization of rap lyrics in the criminal justice system in the new documentary, As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.